next couple weeks, and I'm super, super excited about this sermon series. We're going to be talking about it throughout this evening, so I won't go too much into it at this point because we will share the heart of it as we go on through the night. But I do, again, want to say thank you for being here at City Life Williamsburg. If you are new or if this is one of your first times here, um, we are one church in three locations. And so we've got a campus in Newport News. We've got a campus in Suffolk that's also having services this evening. And uh, just super excited to be a part of this church and what God's doing um, here on this region. There's a lot of incredible churches, and we just feel fortunate to be able to be a church here in this community and be a part of what God's called us to do and be as a church. If you want to find out more about that, Discover City Life July 9th. But anyways, my name is uh, Jamie, and I'm the campus pastor here at Williamsburg, and uh, so I'm uh, excited to be with you guys. We're getting ready to come up on us being here for three years. Isn't that incredible? Three years that we've been here in Williamsburg with you guys. So that's just crazy how time flies. I was looking at pictures of our kids just recently and just like how small they were and like Brayden now is like this, you know, giant man child and it's just like, wow, that a lot happened in three years, you know? And uh, he's getting ready to go into the fifth grade and so it's just crazy to think about, you know, just one more year, I'm gonna have a kid who can be in youth group. That's just crazy. I don't feel that old. I don't feel that old, but I am. So, and if you're older than me, then you're real old. But anyways, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, hey, uh, I just wanted to say thank you again. This is the first time I've gotten to speak in a little while. I was out in Utah. Michelle and I got a chance to go out to Utah and be at a youth camp there. We were speaking at that youth camp. Uh, took a week out there. It was such an incredible opportunity. Utah is beautiful. It was gorgeous. We were excited to come back, but it was hard because they don't have humidity. And it was awesome. And we were in the mountains, but it was absolutely beautiful. God did incredible things at the camp, and it was so much fun. So thank you uh, for affording us the opportunity to be able to do that. Thank you to all the people that served and jumped in, just made that possible for us to be able to be gone. We appreciate you guys and love you guys. And then last week we had Father's Day. We had a lot of fun on Father's Day and uh, uh, got to enjoy that service. You guys got to eat a lot of bacon. I mean, we bought a lot of bacon, and it was gone. Like, I asked Michelle after service. I was like, hey, where's that chocolate-covered bacon? She's like, it's all gone. It's all gone. I was like, what? There was, like, a lot of bacon. Like, I mean, a lot of pounds. I'm not going to tell you to make you feel bad about yourself. There's a lot of bacon. And, uh, but it's good. You can't resist bacon, and when it's combined with chocolate, that's even better, right? And so um, hopefully if you have a chance to, you uh, were able to connect with your dad or uh, just have an enjoyable weekend. We had a lot of fun. Uh, celebrating Father's Day with my dad and just kind of hanging out um, and being lazy. It was awesome. I took a nap on Father's Day. That was like the best gift that my kids could give me was just I was sitting there on the couch and they're hanging out with mom and dad and all this different stuff, you know, and, and then I'm just kind of sitting there on the couch and then all of, <laughs> I was like, huh? And it had been like an hour, and I was just like, whoa, that was awesome. It was like the best gift in the world. It was so much fun. Mom was cooking his delicious roast, and I mean, it was just an awesome Father's Day. But it was so fun because we were there. We were just hanging out, uh, me and Dad and Braden. We had an epic rubber band war, right? Not a fight, but a war. I mean, like, we were full-on chasing each other around the house, running. Like, I wasn't playing around. I was stretching those rubber bands as far as I could. I was going to leave welts, right? I mean, it's like, if you're going to play, let's play, Right? And I don't care if you're 11, I don't care if you're in your 60s, right? You're going to go down. And so, like, it was fun. Like, it was a war. We had a blast. And so we got to do that and do all kinds of fun stuff. We were playing, um, I, they, they have the, um, the Amazon Fire Stick. Anybody got that? The Amazon Fire Stick? I don't know. Nobody? Okay, that's good. Apple TV? 
Okay, all right, a couple people. You have a television, anybody? Okay, all right, good. So, all right, just want to make sure you're there. All right, so, so they get the Amazon Fire Stick, you know, and so the, it's really cool because it's got these little games that come on it. And, we're, and, and the kids and Michelle, they were playing Hangman. Braden, he was like, he always has fun doing that stuff or whatever. And so we're, they were playing Hangman, and it was the United States. And so we're going through, and we're trying to who guess who can guess them the fastest, you know, and everything. And so we're going through and trying to guess, and we're just, like, making fun of each other. We're really big on competition in our family, right? And we don't mind ridiculing each other if you lose. But anyway, so, like, <laughs> we were just, like, going through and trying to guess as fast as we could. And then we got to this one, and it was, like, two words, right? It was two words. And so then we start filling in the letters, and we're just like, what state is that? Like, Huh. So we're just trying to go through and just figure it out. And I kid you not. So we go all the way through and we get the second word completely filled in. The second word was island. And we're all like, what? And Brayden's just like, oh, it's a little island in Hawaii. We're like, no, this is states. And we're like, what state is this? And then we're like, Rhode Island. We're like, oh, yes. A couple people are like, oh, yeah, that is a state. It really does exist, right? And so I was just like, I was like, that's not a state. I was like, that's just a little thing that just kind of happens to be there, right? Like, it's one of those places where we're just kind of like if we if were in some kind of a apocalyptic scenario or something like that and we had to give up something, you know, we'd be like, uh, Rhode Island, we'd do that one, you know, you could take that one, right? Like, it was just kind of like, you know, and we were just like, Rhode Island, I've totally forgot about that. And then I realized one of my best friends from college lives at Rhode Island. And I was like, oh, yeah, that place does exist, you know? And so, but it was like, but let's be honest, does anybody care, right? Does anybody care about Rhode Island? No, no, he lives there, and I doubt he cares about it, right? So, you know, it's just so funny, like, so we were going through, we were just laughing about it, and joking around about it, and it really has nothing to do with anything other than I wanted to try to use it in the sermon. So anyways, but it's one of those things, you know, we go through and we just talk about it, we look at it, and, you know, there's times and there's moments where this is like, you know, we're looking at certain situations and scenarios, and we're just like, hey, let's just be honest about this. Like, you've got feelings about things, or you've got opinions about stuff, and sometimes you think you should vocalize them, and sometimes you think that you shouldn't, right? And sometimes we've got these moments in our lives where we just like, it's best that we don't say that. Like, it's probably best that I don't make fun of a state in our union, right? That there are brothers and sisters. We love Rhode Island. We care about Rhode Island. Jesus, Jesus loves Rhode Island, all right? There, I said it, okay? But like, you know, so it's one of those things. But like, it's probably not best that we always share our opinions like that or that we always just put those things out there. But there's things that usually are going on in our minds when we're verbally talking with somebody. We could be having one conversation with somebody, but in the back of our heads, there's a completely different conversation happening. You ever been there in that moment where you're just like, there's something else going on, and I don't even know what this person's saying, but I agree with them, and I think I'm on track with their conversation right now, and you're having a totally different conversation in the back of your head, or things are a little bit different. I know one story for me that I just remember very specifically where it was a, a moment where I was forced to be severely honest about something and I wasn't prepared to. So I was a junior in high school and there was this girl. That's always a bad story, right? <laughs> there was this girl. So anyway, so there was this girl and um, uh, 
I almost have said her name. That would have been horrible. So anyway, so there was this girl, and we were starting to talk, and kind of our relationship, as another story for another time, started off very awkwardly. Um, but we were together, and we were there at school, and I grew up in a very small town, right? So like I had like 86 people in my graduating class. Our middle school and high school was together in one building, right? So like you pretty much knew everybody from sixth grade to 12th grade. Like that's kind of, he's just, yeah, I know that school. All right, so that's, that's where I grew up. That was like my school. And so we were there, and when you live in a small town like that, there's like nothing to do. Like we, we went to Burger King parking lot. Like that's where we went to hang out. Like that was like the cool thing to do. Like what are you going to do? I'm going to go Burger King. That's what we did. It's just sad. It's sad. I know. But so, like, we were there, and so, like, when you don't have much to do, like, school's a big deal, like, because you're just like, I have something to do for a huge chunk of my day. And so, like, we would actually get to school early. Like, that was, like, a cool thing to do was to get to school early and, like, hang out in the hallway before the home bell rung, right? And so I was there at school, and we were hanging out. And it was a total, like, high school scenario, right? Like, it's one of those things you see in the movie. Like, I come in this door, like, that's back there, and she's, like, at the end of the hallway right here, and she's leaning up against the wall, and she's got one leg up against the wall, you know? And so, like, I'm just, like, walking towards her, and just, like, she's there, and I'm like, wow, she looks great, you know? And we're just talking, you know, just, like, all this, you know, like, I'm at school, everything's exciting, and I just kind of get lost in the moment, and we haven't been dating long and I just kind of walk up to her and I kiss her in this moment, right? Never had kissed her before, never like really had kissed anybody. And so like I was in uncharted territory everywhere, right? So like I walk up and I like kiss her in this moment and then I look at her and I take it even a step further and I'm like, I love you. And then instantly, instantly reality sunk in. And I was like, no, I don't. I don't love you, and I just walked off. <laughs> and it was just kind of like one of those things, and then I just tried to ignore her the rest of the day, right? Because like, what do you do with that? Like, I just royally messed everything up. I can't believe I did that. I was forced to be honest in the moment, right? Because like, if I just went with it, and I knew that it wasn't real and true, like, what's gonna happen from here? Like, I just said something that's gonna change everything, right? Like, I mean, it changes everything. Like, it's already out. This whole situation is totally changed, and I either just accept it and run with it and play this thing for a while, or I just run like a coward, and I chose option B. I run like a coward, right? That's what I did, and I was like, I, I don't know how to handle this right now, and so I walked away, and that's exactly what happens for a lot of us, is that we're having conversations with each other, we're having conversations with God. Conversations with our spouses, conversations with friends. And we don't always tell the whole truth. We don't always divulge everything that's really going on in our hearts and our minds because we know the moment that we utter these words. We know the moment that we really speak what we're thinking. We know that moment that it's going to change everything. And, and to be honest in that moment, what petrified me was not how she was going to react, but the reality was is that what was I going to do and how is this thing we're going to plan out? Like, I got lost in the moment, right? Like, in the moment, I said to her, I love you, but let's, let's be honest, right? I knew nothing about love. I was a 16-year-old boy growing up in a small town. I knew nothing about love, right? And so, like, in that moment, I got lost, and I was like, oh, this is awesome, and I just spoke something. But the moment it came out of my mouth, it changed everything in our relationship and it changed everything in the world. 
And that fear of us speaking the truth, that, that fear of us saying what's really on our mind, that fear of the reality of something coming out, it really pushes us into a place where oftentimes we just keep things silent or we refuse to engage in the conversation that's happening. Because in that moment, it wasn't so much that I loved her, and that moment was, is the truth of the matter is, is that I was a deeply insecure. I was a deeply broken person that was desperate for acceptance. And so in that moment when I kissed her, I felt that need being fulfilled of acceptance. And so in that moment, I was just like, oh, I'm accepted. And in that moment, there was a high, there was a rush. And in that acceptance, I just spoke something. But just as the sentence comes out of my mouth, all of a sudden I realized that it was fleeting, that it wasn't real, that it wasn't true, that it wasn't me being accepted. It was actually just me being in a moment as a 16-year-old boy not knowing what he was doing. And that need, that desire to be accepted, that need, that desire, that desire to be loved and to be cared for and to be just in that moment, like I just got so lost in everything that I just said something and it didn't do what I wanted it to other than scare the mess out of me. And so for each and every one of us, as I was been praying about the series and thinking about these moments in our lives where we're at church or we're in a life group or we're talking with a spouse or we're talking with a friend or we're at work talking with a boss or a coworker. There's these moments when we're talking and there's this conversation that's going on between you and another person, between you and God. But there's also this internal conversation that's going on. And that internal conversation that is going on is actually one that's determining your future. That determining your thought, it's, it's your thoughts are actually shaping the way that you perceive situations and the things that you want and the things that you're interested in. And that internal conversation that's going on in the back of your head is one that needs to come out. And it's a conversation that you need to find people that you can be safe with, that you can talk to and say, hey, here's what I'm really dealing with. Here's what I'm really going through. Because to be honest, if I would have taken time to, to be honest and talk to my dad, if I would have taken time to find somebody who I could have trusted and said, hey, like, I don't know why, but there's something on the inside of me that's just broken, and I, and I struggle with insecurity. And, and there's something on the inside of me that causes me to just desperately want to be accepted. And, and in that moment when I felt accepted, I was just like, oh, and I just rushed head into a situation. And then I said something that I regretted because I knew what I said, it carried weight. And there's moments that we step into and you're like, if I say this, if I say what I'm really thinking, if, if I say what I really feel, if, if I say what I really believe, it's gonna change everything. People are gonna look at me different. You're kind of looking at me different right now, right? You're just like, why is this guy talking to us right now? He shouldn't be, he's got issues. I know, but so it's just like, you know, but it's like one of those things, like people are gonna look at you different if I say this. I don't know if they're gonna let me be in leadership if I really be honest about this. I don't know what my job's gonna look like. I don't know how my spouse is gonna receive. And we hold those things in and it's like little pieces of the conversation that are happening that we refuse to let come out. And so we get these incomplete conversations. We get these incomplete realities that are taking place. And what it does is it actually pushes us into our brokenness even further. It actually pushes us into situations that cause more shame and more hurt and more pain instead of setting us free. 
And so what I want us to do over the next couple weeks is, is to have some honest and true conversations. I want us to take the missing pieces, the pieces that are going on in the internal conversation, I want us to take those pieces and begin to trust and see that we can put those in the forefront of the conversation and that we can have the conversations that we should be having and desperately need to be having, that if we do that, that we can actually find freedom instead of brokenness. So, as we go through this series, and as we look at what's happening in our lives and what's taking place in each one of our hearts, one of the things that I just want you to keep in mind is kind of have the playing in the background of your own head and mind is, is that, that all of us have this reality, like each one of your situations, right? Whether it's work, whether it's relationships, whether it's God, all of those things. There's these internal conversations going on. And that internal narrative, it's the one that is determining your reality. So tonight we're going to look at Psalm chapter 56. We're going to be looking at David for an extended amount of time because David was an awesome guy who did some awesome stuff, who was known as a man after God's heart, so he's a good person to look at. And he helps us to understand and see and hope and expect Jesus in Scripture. So we're going to be looking at David in Psalm chapter 56, if you want to join me there this evening. It says this in verse 8. It says, You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. So tonight, the first thing I want to speak to you is, is this. Is those internal conversations that you're having, the moments where you are being honest with yourself as you're stuck on 64 and you get tired of the radio and you turn it off and things are quiet for a minute and the thoughts that are there begin to get louder and you begin to think about things honestly and truly as you really feel about them there in your own privacy. Those inner conversations, those internal conversations that are happening. I want to encourage you in this as we look at this passage here, is that God is in on that conversation. God is in on that conversation. In Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 10, it says this, I the Lord search all hearts and examine secret motives. This is an attribute of God, that God doesn't have to hear the words come out of your mouth, that God doesn't have to uh, stand next to you and watch what's going on. God is omnipresent, God is omniscient, which means he's all-knowing and he is everywhere. God is God, and so in this verse it declares to us, that God knows what's going on in your heart. He knows the things that are taking place in your mind. He knows your doubts. He knows your insecurities. He knows the places of weakness. He knows the things that make you smile. He knows the things that make you cry. He knows the things that just make you just bust out laughing so hard that you can't control any of the fluids in your body. He knows all of those things about you. God knows who you are. He knows the depth of who you are. He is God. He doesn't have to wait for you to open yourself up to him. He doesn't have to wait for you to say, okay, God, you have permission to look in. He's God. He knows who you are. He knows everything that's going on in your life. He's already in on those conversations. He's already listening. He's already there. He's already engaged in those conversations. And he knows what the results of those conversations are going to be. 
That's the powerful thing, is that God knows what those conversations are doing to your heart. He knows where those conversations are going to lead you in life. He knows where those conversations are going to lead you in your relationships. And here's the crazy thing. If we back up one verse, back up one verse in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, it says this. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? In this verse, it's telling us that God knows our hearts. He knows what's going on in your mind. He knows what's going on in your life. He can hear those conversations. He can hear all of those things. He knows what the motives are that drive you to do what you do. And furthermore, it says that we have no clue what they are. That he knows our hearts. He knows the results. He knows the outcomes. But we, we have no clue. We can convince ourselves, and Scripture tells us that we can convince ourselves of whatever we want to. Have you ever been there in that moment where you're just sitting there and you're doing something and it's absolutely the wrong thing to be doing? You know it. You know that you shouldn't be doing it, and you know that you shouldn't even be there. You know, and you're just like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Because this Monday, I'm going to go to Burger King, and I'm going to get macaroni and cheese Cheetos. Have you seen that? Those things that are coming. Have you seen that? Doesn't that look scary? But I really want it, though. So anyway, so you know, it's just like, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but you go, and you're just like, I'm going to do it anyways. And then you're in the midst of it, and you're just like, you know what? I'm eating Cheetos stuffed with mac and cheese, and this is horrible, and I shouldn't be doing it. But you know what? It's actually a good thing. And then you start convincing yourself that that's a sane, rational thing to do. And you start convincing yourself that it's something that you should actually be a part of. You don't know your own heart. You can convince yourself of whatever you want to. You can convince yourself that you're wholeheartedly following after God and that you're trusting him. And everything you're doing is pushing you further and further away from the truth and the life that he wants you to live. You don't know your own heart. You don't know the, the things that are on the inside, the conversations that you're having, where they're leading you and guiding you. But he does. And what I want us to hear and want us to see is, is that we can trust him that we can believe in him. I love this as a verse where David is in Psalm chapter 56. We're going to go a little bit further in this chapter next week. But this chapter is a chapter where David is in the midst of praying because he's being hunted and he's being chased and he's living in caves and, and all of this different stuff. And he says, you keep track of all my sorrows. Some translations, it puts it this way. And if you read the original text, it puts it that you keep track of my wanderings. That there's a sense that when you look at, when he talks about the tears and he talks about these sorrows, he talks about the misery, some translations put it, he talks about his wanderings. It's a sense of that you keep track of the things that are going on in my mind. You keep track of the things that I'm talking about when I'm not even talking. Like you know where I'm really at. You know what I'm struggling with. Like, I can have a conversation. David could walk up and stand in front of his men and be like, this is what we're doing, and this is where we're going, and this is what's going to happen. But on the inside, he's saying, I'm scared. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to live. I said, God anointed me to be king, and now I'm living in caves, and I'm being chased, and I'm being persecuted, and this crazy man is trying to kill me, and I've done nothing but good things for him, and I'm a little bit scared, and I'm a little bit sad, and I'm a little bit disappointed and I'm ultimately confused and I have no clue what's going on but at the same time he's saying that's what's going on, on the inside right but on the outside he's like don't worry 
we're strong, we're men, we're going to win, you know, God's on our side. But on the inside, there's another conversation that's going on. And David's saying, you know all that's taking place. You hear the words that I'm saying, but you know where my heart is. You, you see all that's taking place, and you see where I'm really going, not just what I say that I'm wanting to do. He's saying, you keep track of all of this. You know all of these things because you are God. And I just want you to hear tonight that that is good news. Like, you can look at it and you just be like, that's kind of scary that God, who's in control of all things and is ultimately in control of my life, that he knows every little detail and he knows every little thought. And he knows the result of everything. That's a good thing. It's a powerful thing. Because what it means is, is that you can be honest with God. That you can truly just go to him and you can say, listen, I don't need to play around and I don't need to play all these games and I don't need to say all these fancy things because you already know I'm sad. I'm heartbroken. I'm disappointed. I'm scared to death. I'm excited. Like you can come to him and be honest. It's a powerful thing to think about it and it's a powerful thing to realize. So as we go through over the next couple weeks, I've got some things that we're going to hit and we're just going to talk about. We're going to talk about disappointment. We're going to talk about frustration. We're going to talk about worship. We're going to talk about prayer. we got one week where I'm super excited about it. It's going to be crazy and I have no clue what's going to happen because I'm not going to prepare for it. All we're going to do is pray because I just it's something God laid in my heart yesterday. I'm super excited about it. We're going to talk about miracles and having faith. We're going to talk about the fact that you have a story and that God wants to use your story for his glory. And, and each week what we're going to do is we're going to look at these things, but we're going to look at the internal conversations that we have and where they're pushing us. And then we're going to look at how we can move that conversation to a place where we can say, God, I trust you and I'm believing in you and I'm hoping in you. Tonight during worship, as we were going through and just singing worship, which was just absolutely phenomenal. And uh, I, mean, I just love our worship team, and I love Cam and his heart and uh, his leadership. Um, that dude's got a gift, and so does his sister. It makes me a little mad that his entire family is that gifted. But as we were going through, I was just thinking about this morning, or this afternoon on the way here, actually. Uh, we got in the car uh, with Rylan, and um, it was just me and her. They argue back and forth who gets to come to church with me because they want to get here early and just be a part of whatever it is that I'm doing. And um, I eat those moments up. Like, I love those moments. You know, one of the things I talk about with my kids all the time is, is uh, before they go to school, pretty much every day, um, we got pretty lax with it at the end of last year, but um, they still remember it, and we're going to get back into it. But, you know, I ask them, I'm like, hey, what is today? And they say, not promised. And I say, what is tomorrow? No, I say, what is today? There we go. I say, what is today? And they say, temporary. And then I say, what is tomorrow? And they say, not promised. And I say, so what are you going to do? And they say, we're going to make the most of every single moment that we have. Like, I'm about experiences. And I'm about, like, man, I just want to be wherever we are. And I just want to eat it up. I just want to, like, do the most of whatever that moment is. And so those moments that my kids want to be with me and they want to be a part of the things I'm doing, I just, I eat those moments up. I just get super excited about them. And so she gets in the car with me, and she's riding there next to me, and we're not even out of our uh, development yet, and we're kind of starting to pull out. And she's like, Daddy, 
and she always talks to me, you know, with that little voice, you know. She's like, Daddy. And I was like, what, baby? She's like, I'm hungry. And I was like, you're hungry? And she's like, yeah, I'm hungry. And I was like, really? And I already knew where it was going, right? I already knew where it was going. Chick-fil-A, that's where it was going. Like, I just knew, right? And so she's just like, she's like, yeah. I was like, did you not eat? She's like, I had hot dogs. And I was like, you had hot dogs, but you're still hungry? She's like, yeah. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. I was like, wow, I wish there was something we could do for you, you know. And she's just like, well, I mean, there is. I was like, there is something I could do for you? Really? What is it? She's like, well, they're actually closed today, so I guess you can't. I was like, oh, that's a bummer. I was like, why are they closed today? I thought they were closed tomorrow. And she's like, oh, that's right. They are open today. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, well, what do you want to do? And she's like, she's like, I want to go to Chick-fil-A. And I was like, well, let's see what we can do, right? And like, I knew where it was going the whole time, right? Like, I was super excited about it. Because, like, that's just one of those things. One day, she's going to be 18 or 19, right? And she's going to be out of my house. One day, she's going to be 24, and some jerk's going to be, like, loving her and trying to take my place, right? And, like, you know, it's like, that's just the reality, you know? And it's just like, but, man, in this moment, she's seven and she's mine, right? And she wants something from me. I'm eager to meet that need. I'm like anticipating, I'm waiting for that moment to be able to say, yes, I want to do this. Let's go get some chicken, right? Like I'm excited about that moment. Listen, God knows your needs. He knows your wants. He knows exactly where you are. You don't even fully know where you are. You don't even fully know what you need. You look at your situations and you look at your life and you say, this is what I need or this would fix things. And I'm just telling you, maybe you're right, maybe you're not. But I'm telling you, God looks at every single one of your situations. He looks at every single one of your requests. And he's not just sitting there just going, eh. he's sitting there saying, I know what's best for you. I know what's right for you. I know what's going to bless you. I know what's going to overwhelm you. I know what's going to encourage you. And I want that for you. Would you just ask? And he's sitting there, and he's eager, and he's ready, and he's anticipating, and he's saying, I want to be there. I want to help you. I want to love on you. I want to cherish you. I want to encourage you. It's a good thing he knows where you are. It's a good thing he knows what's going on. It's a good thing that he knows where you want to go and where you think you want to go. It's a good thing that he knows and he can hear the things that you're asking, but he knows deep down what you really need and what you're pleading for in your heart that maybe you don't even know yet. Are you with me on this? There's things that are going on in your heart and your life. And sometimes we just need to stop and we need to be honest. And we need to just say, this is exactly what I need. And sometimes we say, I don't even know what I need, but I know that you do. You keep track of who I am. You keep track of where I am. When I'm running over here and I'm doing what I want to do, you still are there and you still love me and you still have your hand on me. When I'm chasing after you and I'm worshiping you and I'm doing all that, you still love me the same and you're still present. You keep track of all of my wanderings. You keep track of all that's going on in my heart. When I'm straight on excited for you and when I don't care to be around you, even tonight as we were singing that song, which I think we're going to sing here again in just a few minutes, you know, the, the wanders. I'm prone to wander. 
I'm prone to walk away from you. That's our humanity. That's the reality of who we are, that we're prone just to say, I don't need you anymore. We're prone to say, I want this instead of you. We're prone to do those things, and God knows it, and he sees it, and he knows how to get us where he wants us to be. He knows how to get us back into the place that is perfect and right for us. And what it requires of us is to be willing to be honest with God. To be honest that he is God, that he is in control, and that he knows all things and that we can be submitted to him. And when we get into that place where we can be honest with him, he begins to open up our hearts and our minds so that we can truly be honest with ourselves. That we can begin to say, this is really what's going on in my life. That you can sing that song, Prone to Wander, and be like, that's not me, I'm good. But you sing that song, and you're like, I'm prone to wander. And you're like, yes, just two seconds ago, I suck. Right? Like, it's this sense of awareness that I know who I am, and I know who God is, and I know where I am, and I know my need for him. That you begin to find this way to be honest with yourself. And when you step into that place, that you're honest with God, and then you're honest with yourself, he frees you to be honest with others. And so no longer are you in the midst of these conversations that have these missing pieces, but now you're able to have whole and healthy conversations. You're able to be honest and engaged with what God is doing and what he's wanting to do in you. So I want to finish with this, and the worship team can go ahead and come up. This is important. This is huge. Because there's some things that we're going to talk about. We're going to get very honest about some stuff. And I want to go ahead and just prepare you now, right? So, like, it's not like be honest. And I'm not doing I was actually even talking this week to somebody about the sermon series. And, you know, I told them the title and stuff like that. And that's all I really told them. And they were like, oh, that's great. Now you can just, like, get up there and tell them really what's on your mind. And I'm like, that's not what I mean, you know, it's like almost like, tell them what's on your mind, set them straight, you know, and I'm like, no, that's not what it's about, like, I actually just want to be honest and be like, here's how jacked up I am, like, here's how broken I am, like, here's how much I need God, like, here's how discouraged I get. One of the weeks, we're going to talk about mental health issues, we're going to talk about some different stuff, like, I, I want to be honest about some things, like, what I'm wanting this to be is I want it to be something where we're lifting off the stigma of things. We're really being authentic and just saying, hey, we're human beings, and human beings are desperate for Jesus. And you can only find hope in life in him. And let's just be honest about our need for Christ. This isn't going to be a sermon series where I come in and I'm like beating you up. I'm telling you, right? This is going to be a sermon series where we're able to come together, and we're going to say, man, let's just be honest about some things. This is where we are. This is what's going on. This is what I'm dealing with. This is maybe what some of you are dealing with. Let's just be honest about it. And let's look to Jesus. Let's find hope and strength and courage in him. And I have this too. I've been wandering back and forth whether or not I was going to say this or not. But maybe there's something that you're just like, you know what? I would love for a church, I would love for a pastor to be honest about this. And maybe there's a subject you're just like, you know, I want to be honest about this. Email me, jamie at citylifeva.com. Jamie at citylifeva.com. Email me and just tell me, like, maybe there's something that we need to talk about that's on your heart and your mind. But I love this because in this verse, David says, you keep track of all my wanderings. And he says, you collect all of my tears in a, tar, in a jar. Like, that sounds so weird, doesn't it? Like, 
is God walking around like with jars and he's just got a bunch of like little tubes up in heaven with all of your tears in it, you know, and all this different, like what does that really mean, you know? In ancient times in Rome, and it was believed to be throughout the whole Middle East, you can even still find them sometimes in different tombs and different places. A person would walk up to another person during a funeral and this friend would walk up to them and they would take a handkerchief or a piece of cloth as the person was sobbing over the lost one and they would catch their tears in the cloth and then they would take that cloth and they would walk over to a jar to a, a tube to a, a have like a, a wine skin of some type and they would wring the tears out into the container and, and what it was is just a moment of just saying a way of showing sorrow and, and heartbreak to, to recognize and to mourn to, to honor this person that you have lost so, so what I hear tonight, what I want to encourage you in tonight is, is, is we begin to launch into this sermon series. Is I want you to be, begin to be honest with yourself and be honest with God. That there are things that are going on on the inside that are shaping your reality. That moment when I was with that girl, it was my brokenness, it was my insecurity, it was my need for acceptance that caused me to say something. And so in that moment when I said, no, I don't, I walked off, I actually hurt her, harmed her, and put her in a bad place. But really, it was me. It was me that was broken. And if I could have been honest about it, I could have avoided that whole scenario. Those things that are going on in your heart and your mind, those thoughts that you have that are just on repeat, that are just on play, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not loved enough, I've failed too many times, I don't have enough to offer, I need more, I'm super awesome, I don't need anything. Whatever it is, it's on play. It's just on repeat, on play. That is determining your future because your thoughts create your future. So what I want you to hear tonight is this, is don't get caught up in the wrong story. Don't get caught up in the wrong story. Don't let your thoughts of who you are determine your future. Let the thoughts that God has of you determine your future. Let the way that he sees you shape your reality, not the way that you see yourself. I, I love this story because David is saying, you catch my tears, you watch my wanderings, you write it all in your book, like you know it all, you're in control of all things, you see the beginning, you see the end. And so what David is saying is, is at the end of my life, it's not that you're gonna be there holding these tears and saying, this was David, I remember him. But what David is saying in this moment is, I know who you are. And because I know who you are, and because I know that you know me, and I know that you know where I'm at, and you know all the things that I'm struggling with, one minute I'm being anointed to be king, and the next minute I'm in a cave, and I'm being chased and hunted by a madman, and my heart is saying, why? What did I do to deserve this? But at the same time, he's saying, I know who you are and I know what you've promised. And David is saying in this moment, you capture my tears, you hold all of my tears in a jar. Here's what he's saying, and what I need you to hear tonight is this, is that when he's saying that all of these tears in a jar, what he's saying is there's gonna be a moment where people are looking at me and they're looking at what's happening right now and all they're hoping for and all they're believing that's gonna happen is my death and my defeat. 
but there's going to be a moment when you're going to hold up all of my sorrows. You're going to hold up all of my miseries. You're going to hold up all of my wanderings, all of my insecurities. You're going to hold them up and you're going to show them to the people that have been coming against me. And you're going to say, even in the midst of that, he never doubted me. He never walked away from me. He had faith in me. He had confidence in me. And now when you thought he was going to be facing death, he is standing victorious. There are thoughts and there are things that are going on. There's an internal dialogue that you have that is shaping your future. God knows where you are and he knows everything that's taking place. Just be honest with him. Be open with him. It's okay. It's okay. He can take it. He wants to hear it. He wants you to speak out and say, God, I trust you. God, I trust you in this moment, and I know that you're good. You're going to work things out, that you're going to take care of things. I know that you, right now, are going to use this moment to be the moment that defines who I am. Not for bad, not for harm, not for defeat, but for good, for strength and power, and for the life that you promised me in Christ. That is what he has for you. So let's take some time over the next couple of weeks, and let's be honest. Like, I don't want you to hear the defeat and the discouragement. What I want you to hear is, is that God knows who you are and he loves you. And that he's made a way for you. He's made a way for you through Christ. And that way is for you to face your situation standing in a place of victory, not in a place of defeat. That he knows that you wander. He knows that you have issues where you want to go the right way, but you choose the wrong way. And guess what? He loves you anyways. He loves you anyways. He knows the people that are coming against you. He knows where you failed. He sees the moment of hurt where you began to tell yourself a lie. And he wants that to be broken. He no longer wants that to be something that defeats you. But he wants that to be something that you hold on to confidence. Knowing what was meant for harm is now meant for good and for victory. And that's the promise that you have in Christ. So if you will, we'll stand and let's worship.
focus your mind solely on his kingdom and what it is that he wants to do in you and through you. What he wants his kingdom to be in your life and through your life. So this week, when you are having those moments, when you're thinking, you're just processing stuff and you begin to be honest with yourself or you don't mean to and you're just saying things and you hear this internal conversation, can you just be honest with God and say, God, tune me, redirect me, turn my eyes, turn my heart towards you and not towards that. God, I want your kingdom. I want what you want for me. I want to see me. I want to see this world the way that you see them. God, I want to live my life for you. And I'm just telling you, when you do that, you're going to step into a new area of freedom and grace and mercy. God, may it be so. May you be with us. May you direct us and guide us. May you open our hearts to you. Father, I pray, Lord, as we venture into this series, God, that you will help us to be honest with you. And God, as we are honest with you, God, that we will begin to be honest with ourselves and where we are. Lord, as we do that, we will begin to be honest with others. And God, in that moment, that we'll be walking in the freedom and the grace and the power of Christ to live the life that you've called us to live. May it be so for your glory in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Love you guys. Have a great week. See you back next week. Amen.